Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. I am Bill, and today I'm joined by my good friends, The Fox. What's going on, Carrie? Hey, hey. How's it going? And we've got Rich down. In the, I'm not going to confuse because Russ is not on the show today. He's, He's busy today, so I'm not going <laughs> to screw it up. We'll see. Uh, uh, Rich, what's, what's, what's on, new, man? Not too much. Happy to be here. Excellent. And we've got Cryobite Kyle over in the bottom left corner of the screen for the audio listeners. You can just picture that he's down there. What's going on, Kyle? <laughs> Not too much. How are you guys doing? I think that we have a lot to talk about today. That's what I think. Um, usually, we this is the Nerd Nest podcast. If you're listening to this, we record this live on Tuesday afternoons over at nerdnest.tv. Uh, or if you are already watching us, uh, you can you know mark the little thing that tells you to come by uh, in next time or whatever. And you can even listen to us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. So you can take our stupid voices with you and listen to us while you do the dishes or get your chores done. Uh, but, uh, usually we talk about whatever games we've been playing that week and we've been, and, and we talk about the gaming news of the week, but today I wanted to do a little bit different. And the reason that I wanted to change things up is because last week we spent a half an hour talking about Zelda. Uh, it was all spoiler free. So if you want to hear our initial impressions of Zelda, well, for most of us, it was initial impressions for some of us, it was after many hours, um, but if you want to hear our, uh, you know, our impressions of the game, make sure you check out that episode. That's the only game I touched this week, so I don't want to talk about it yet. I want to, I want to play more of it before I talk more about it. But I have to say, I, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. But instead of talking about what we've been playing, unless anybody has anything they've been playing that's not Zelda. Everybody's shaking their heads. Okay. Uh, so d don't worry. We'll have a full-on spoiler cast of Zelda at some point in the near future. Um, near, depending on whenever I finish it, because I'm probably the slowest. Um, but today I thought we were talking about uh, games that are not overrated. Everybody knows about overrate, or overrated games. Like, oh, man, this one, this one isn't as good as everybody says it is, that kind of thing. I thought, what about overhated games? Games where... You know, when these games came out, uh, maybe they had a really bad launch or maybe uh, maybe they, you know, they the, the popular stigma was landed on these games as this game sucks. And everybody always says this game sucks. But maybe the, maybe they're wrong about that. And so I told the group, I was like, hey, guys, I got this idea um, about overhated games and I'm going to start us off with one uh and then i'll start asking everybody to talk about some of their overhated games for me uh i, I want to say that i love this game from beginning to end i thought it was absolutely amazing but everybody doesn't like it because it was a big change in the series and that is bioshock infinite uh, bioshock one blew me away one of the greatest games i've ever played for some reason, I don't know why, I never played Bioshock 2. Um, I think it was because there was a delay and everybody was like said that it was focused on multiplayer, so I never got around to it. And then Bioshock Infinite came out, and I was just absolutely blown away about how that game played. It was just absolutely fantastic. And everybody seems to hate on Bioshock Infinite and say that it's a bad game because it wasn't underwater anymore. And maybe that's not the reason why, but that's that's what it felt like to me. So 
what do you guys think about Bioshock Infinite as is 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 that a qualify as an overhated game? What do you think, Rich? So when I was looking up divisive games, Bioshock Infinite definitely came up. So I would say yes, it counts as a hated game. So and in your opinion, definitely overhated. I think it, it sort of Bioshock Infinite in particular sort of exposes that this is a bit of a blind spot for me. When I think about overhated games, I'm showing my old man card and I think about like Wind Waker and <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 2. Like those are overhated games, but like the reception to those games has completely flipped around and they're oh, loved yeah. now, right? Um, so I think I, when I think about modern games that were hated, like Bioshock Infinite, I realized I kind of ended up staying away from big AAA games that that got mixed reception, like Bioshock Infinite. So I I, I know a lot of underrated games like indies. I, I spend a lot of time trying out different indies and stuff like that. But when it came to AAA games that got mixed reception, I mostly ignored them. So it's a bit of a blind spot for me. What What do you think, Kyle? Um, I never beat Bioshock Infinite. I did play a lot of it and I beat number one and two. Um, I don't, I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't have it, uh, for long enough to actually beat it. Um, but I could see why it's hated. It's definitely more of a shooter than, uh, than an RPG as the first two felt. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think that's probably why people think that. Yeah, it was way more actiony i feel like than the other ones the the other ones were very slow paced like you would see a big daddy you would get everything set up and then you would engage and try and take them out uh and then in infinite it was way more run and gun especially the parts where like the thing that i loved and i think a lot of people hated is that you had that that npc with you i can't remember her name uh she's with you the whole time and people are like i hate escort missions but I, I loved when you would run out of ammo and you would be like, give me some ammo. And she would just chuck it at you from across the room and you would catch it and load your gun. And that felt awesome. Uh, Fox, did you ever get around to playing that game? I did. Yeah, I finished. Uh, I fin I've played all three of them uh, to completion. And I think that uh, for me, I, I kind of get the understanding and I'm, I'm totally in alignment with you guys is that infinite uh, strayed from its original path in multiple ways in that you were it was still kind of steeped in its kind of twisty nature that was just whatever. And it's uh sociopolitical kind of stance of like mm -hmm. kind of showing these different worlds that you're in these worlds on that stance. Uh, and I think that Bioshock one just nailed it everywhere, like literally everywhere. And the, the moment that it happens at the end, you have the, Pixar flashback where you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and it was such a high that going to two and then infinite was just this high that you can't get anymore. And it's so far from where it was that it's almost unrecognizable and it looks like a weird clone, so to speak. So I get it. I still enjoyed infinite for what it was just playing infinite as a, like a shooter and going on those rails with that skyhook thing. Um, it was fun, uh, but <clears throat> it didn't, it didn't move the needle like Bioshock one did. Yeah. I would, I would agree that I prefer Bioshock one to Bioshock infinite, but that, that, that's the thing is everybody looks at it and they're like, it's not Bioshock one. So it's hot garbage on a stick. <laughs> and I just, I just don't think that that's necessarily fair. Now we've been talking about Bioshock infinite, um, I, I think that this is a good way to transition to Carrie. 
one of your the games that you feel is uh, overhated, and that is uh, that's Halo Infinite for sure. Uh, as a as a modern game, you know, I was thinking about it when you brought up this conversation, but then I forget who brought it up previously. I was like, oh yeah, of course, Halo Infinite. This is a game that um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people had a lot of different expectations for, and there was just such a large amount of people that had too many opinions, and we were in this new area of Fortnite uh, and how to do season passes and what to expect out of it. And the closest allegory that I could probably produce here is that when I was young, I enjoyed going to arcades and I enjoyed playing arcade games because they were fun. And then Chuck E. Cheese came along and you played games to get rewards. And I see this as the same thing that has happened with these games is that I play Halo Infinite because it's fun and it is tight. Like the multiplayer is fantastic. I don't care about cosmetics. I care very little about them. I don't, there's not, that's not the draw for me, but I feel like when I see this, people are like, oh, these, these reward structures are awful and, and progressing is terrible. I'm like, what progressing? Just get better. Just play and have fun. <laughs> and it's, it's uh, again, uh, probably another old man ranting type of thing, but yeah, that's, that I just feel like there's different parts of there and people that were big on Halo 3 and Forge, that's a generation of gamers that were on 360. I still liked Halo 3, but Halo 2 was where I really felt everything was. And Halo Infinite really does a fantastic job. So uh, I think it is overhated. And there is this bandwagon of people that don't just want to hate on it because it's Xbox and whatever and all of these other things. And you have the Craig face and all the other stuff. So it's like, I think like there's just all of this momentum just to like want to make it not good. But it's actually a really awesome game. So I got to admit that it wasn't until what year did Halo Infinite come out? Two years uh, ago? 20, yeah, 2020? Sure. We'll say, we'll say 2020. Whatever year it was, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> the year that that came out was the first time that I played Halo. Like, I had never played a Halo game before that. Uh, I didn't have an Xbox, uh, like the original Xbox with the Duke controller. And the Xbox 360, I ended up buying, and I played mostly RPGs and Orange Box. And I didn't really play, I never played the Halo games. But when Halo Infinite was like g- getting close to coming out, I was like, well, I have Master Chief Collection on uh, Game Pass, so I'll check it out. And I played Halo 1 like from start to finish in a weekend, and I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I played Halo 2. I got to the part where you're not Master Chief anymore. You're like the alien dude. And I was like, ah, I don't really like this so much, and everybody's going to be mad at me, and I don't care. Uh, and I kind of noped out of there and never played it again. And then when Halo Infinite came out, I played it and I played through the campaign and I loved it. And I played the the multiplayer for many hours and I loved that too. And I'm also like you, Carrie, I don't care about playing dress up. Like that is not something <laughs> that ap- appeals to me. And even if it did, the cosmetics in Halo Infinite are stupid looking. Like they are very samey all across the board. There's everybody looks the same. And it like the coolest thing is like when you shoot somebody like a skull will show up or something. I, I don't care. I, I bought a battle pass just to try it out. And then I never finished it. But I really, really did enjoy the gameplay, if not the metagame. Um, Kyle, is the metagame important to you or is it just the moment to moment gameplay? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. 
So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Um, I don't really care that much about the metagame in most games. Um, I mean, I will in maybe like a, like a single-player game that's, uh, that you can become kitted out at by the end. But like usually I don't care about the metagame too much. All right. And what about what about you, Rich? Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I don't care about like, yeah, dressing up and stuff like that. It's definitely the moment to moment for me. Um, and I felt the same way with uh, Halo, especially because I I only played the multiplayer a little bit. It satisfied my needs. But like the single player, the campaign was really good. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I had a like that grappling hook is just the coolest friggin thing ever. And every time a game has a grappling hook, like um uh apex uh yes apex legends thank you apex legends the robot man with the grappling hook that is so incredibly fun it's just the traversal in that game felt really really good and the world was just huge absolutely huge so i i loved it um kyle what's the what's the game that you wanted to bring to the table that is overhated um, I mean, we mentioned it briefly last week, but uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Um, I played uh, both uh, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie when they came out on the N64. <laughs> and then when Nuts and Bolts came out, I was surprised. It wasn't the same type of game, but I played the entire thing beginning to end. I loved it, um, and I am staunchly in the camp that it was way ahead of its time. <laughs> Nice. Very cool. I never played that. Any of you guys play Nuts and Bolts? Because I've never played a Banjo-Kazooie game. Everybody's going to be mad at me. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually played uh, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie on N64 as well. Really enjoyed the first one more than the second one. But I still enjoyed the second one. It was it was refined in a lot of ways, but it felt it was, uh, I don't know, I guess a bit samey. But I have to revisit that again. I just felt like when I was playing it, I wasn't feeling it as much. Nuts and Bolts, I played and bounced off real fast, but I didn't. I don't think I gave it a fair shake at all. And I was really in the mindset of like where that game should be. Uh, and I was expecting more of like a platformer, you know, Super Mario 64 collectathon, but very specific. Like it's not just nonsense collectathon. It is, but I mean, there is. It's not know, a better a better 64. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a way to do collectathon stuff and banjo kazooie did it well uh and obviously super mario 64 did it well uh and i feel like those just ha- had a better progression of when you were doing that type of stuff so that was where my head was and i don't think i was ready for it and yeah, rich he had trouble thinking of something so he asked his community over at youtube.com slash fan the deck and uh rich what did they say they had a lot of good ones. So, uh, and, and some of them are in the chat too. So, Emilio, my friend Emilio, he pointed out the Bureau, XCOM Declassified. He said it, that that was pretty good. It's not the XCOM that people expected, but it was still a pretty good game. Um, what else? Gotham Knights. I got a couple votes for Gotham Knights was actually better than, than expected. I haven't given Gotham Knights a try, but I'm me curious either. now. Uh, yeah, I me think, either. I feel bad right? though because I, I totally was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was something like the whole arkham series even like the the low moments for me have been enjoyable so i felt like i should have i should have given that a try so I'll, I'll give that a try darren mentioned um days gone 
I haven't played Days Gone, but I've actually heard good things about that. So I, I was, yeah, I'd like to check that out. Actually, and then, yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, just to t- touch base on that. I think Days Gone did get actually a, a bad shake as well. Uh, I remember when reviews came out, people were harsh on it. But I remember a few people playing it and kind of defending it. But uh, we just ragging on them. Be, and I didn't even play it, right? It's just like, but look yeah. at these reviews. Uh, I, sorry, think it was, I think it was the PC port that really started to change the reception. Once the PC port came out, a lot of new people got to try it. And I, I feel like it's gotten much better reception since then. Uh, and then someone else, um, Zen Dariel, in my comments, mentioned Street Fighter V, and that's going to be my pick, Street Fighter V. Okay. It's very similar to Carrie's pick in Halo Infinite in that Capcom focused on the things. Capcom had to focus on something, and they decided to focus on the multiplayer experience. So they made sure that it was a tight, balanced video game but to the detriment of everything else. It was not a good single-player experience. There was only a bare arcade mode. There was no story mode. At this point, Mortal Kombat and the other NRS fighter, um, the DC one, Injustice. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Mortal Kombat and Injustice have kind of shown how to make a single-player fighting game enjoyable by having a story mode. And Street Fighter V said, no, forget that. We're just going to focus on multiplayer. And so they're doing the opposite. Not the opposite. They're they're now with Street Fighter VI, they're focusing on everything and making sure they have a complete package. But I was so interested in only the multiplayer in Street Fighter V, and I thought the multiplayer launched in a better state than Street Fighter IV, that I was pleased with Street Fighter V, and I thought everybody was just hating. So I definitely get now where everyone was coming from, but Street Fighter V is still my pick because it was just a solid, solid multiplayer game. Well, that's awesome. Listen, everybody, we want to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the live chat. Let us know in the comments down below. What are the games that you feel that are overhated? Like they they never really got a fair shake. We saw a bunch of really good suggestions uh, in chat. Some of them I played, some of them I haven't. Somebody said Spore. Somebody else uh, had said I haven't heard about Spore in years. Uh, I remember when that game first uh first got announced everybody's like holy cow this is going to be the next greatest thing and then uh we never really got to see it uh another one that somebody just reminded me of is borderlands 3 everybody hated it because it wasn't borderlands 2 but i never played borderlands 2 and i played borderlands 3 and so i ended up absolutely loving that game i thought that that was really fun but let us know in the comments and uh you know make sure that you uh you know uh, reply to the other people and uh with your thoughts on their picks for the most overhated games all right that does it for the uh the the intro discussion uh for today's episode let's move on and talk about some of the news and one of the pieces of news uh that i thought was really interesting is that sony is basically saying hey we're going to continue bringing pc ports uh, for uh, the games that are like PlayStation games. But you're going to be waiting a while for some of these. This comes to us from... That's the wrong button. Sorry, everybody. Uh, this comes to us from Push Square. It says, Sony, uh, Sony won't back down on PC ports, but the PS5 is the priority. And uh, the, the thing that they said is basically, they were talking to Famitsu and Jim Ryan said that the PS5 remains a priority and the majority of its titles will launch much later on PC. And then he said two to three years may be the sweet spot. So 
the the conversation that I think I want to have uh, here on the uh, on the podcast, and of course in the comments and stuff uh, as well. How long are you willing to wait for some of these games? Because, like, if a game that is currently on the PS5 comes to PC in three years, are you still interested, or are you probably going to be sitting there saying, "Well"? I, I already missed out on it, so I'm just going to play something else instead. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Do you think that three years is too long to wait to bring these these newer PC ports to, or newer PlayStation games to PC? I don't think that it's necessarily too long. Um, I think that, it, I mean, it sucks for PC gamers, obviously. But at some point, there has to be a tax that Sony leverages to make their money back on the lost leader of a console. Mm-hmm. Um, so locking it behind a two or three year window makes sense to me. Um, I also don't mind too much because my backlog is huge. So <laughs> when it does make it to PC, I'll, I might be uh, freed up a little bit and I can actually play it, which happened to uh, God of War. I didn't play that on uh, PlayStation at all, but I played it when it came to PC. Um, but I, I mean... Three years might be a little long, but I would say two years is probably a good middle ground, and I I wouldn't mind that. So these are games, uh, not all of them, obviously, but some of these games are $70 games uh, on the PlayStation. And then a lot of times we've seen that when these companies uh, re-release their games on PC, sometimes they are very reasonable about the price. And sometimes they are not reasonable about the price, and they're like, this is also $70. Now, I have often said that, hey, it's new to me. It's a, For me, it is a new game, so I don't mind paying like full game price. But $70 for a, for a game that's been out for three years, like that does kind of sting a little. What do you think about that, Rich? Do you think that like if it, if it, if we wait, three years for a game to come out, are you willing to spend $70 on it? Or are you going to say, eh, I think I'll wait more. If it, if it's bloodborne, I'm spending $70 today. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, Austin mentioned, Austin say mentioned, um, waiting on bloodborne remake on PC. I'll never stop waiting. So yeah, I'm right in that boat. So, uh, do I think it's right? I mean, there, I, I don't think that every game should come over if it's coming over three years later that it should be a $70 game, $60 game, full price game. But I think that the games that are popular, popular enough are going to warrant that. And you know, that's just, that's just how it's going to work. Um, but yeah, I think that it will sting for some games. Um, like if I, I think horizon zero dawn is one of those games where, or is that the name of the sequel? Or is that the uh, name of forbidden, the West. forbidden West, uh, for- forbidden West. Okay. That's a game I'm interested in. I'm probably not going to spend more than forty, fifty dollars on that one. So when if it eventually comes to PC and that's seventy dollars, I'm I'm not buying that. So that's just me personally. You know, you you bring up Horizon, uh, whatever it's called, uh, and like, the, do you? Th- it, here, this question is for Carrie. They just released Horizon Zero Dawn on PC not too long ago. Do you think that they would like? They could really have nailed some, not marketing, but uh, they could have capitalized on some hype by releasing the sequel sooner and getting them way more sales that way. Or do you think that making people wait is going to help out? What do you think, Carrie? Oh, Carrie's distracted by a shiny thing. (laughs) Sorry. Um, uh, (laughs) So 
<clears throat> the um the 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 basic the basics of this is like I think that Sony is still trying to navigate their way into PC and trying to understand what they need to do there. And they've been buying, like they bought Nixus. Uh, they're starting to work more with Iron Galaxy uh, directly. So you see them starting to dip their toes into the PC space, and I applaud their efforts. Uh, right now, my feelings are that Jim Ryan is saying things that he needs to say just so that PlayStation fans can remain happy uh, because he has said things that have m- meant nothing almost immediately, like we believe in generations. So uh, I think that once PS5s have reached their saturation point, like once you have like 100 and whatever million PS5s out there, uh, as opposed to like there's 100 million PS4s and there's only like 40 million PS5s, I think once you find that saturation point when they have reached their buoyancy level of knowing that they really aren't going to get much more than that, I think that's when you're going to start PC ports coming out earlier and marketing is starting to get picked up a little bit uh, faster. Then they're also going into gas type of stuff, um, games as a service. And that would be foolish of them to limit that to one platform because those types of models require more people. Uh, So I think you're going to see the gas games at least come day and date uh, far or like soon and every playstation fan is going to dismiss that they're like well those games don't count anyway those are just gas games uh because that's the that's the thing that they are but as we really look at it when you look at the um, the actual exclusives that are on playstation there are very little as it applies to your question of marketing for sure they need to do better and uh they are kind of almost scrambling around but sony is a behemoth they are this big conglomerate that kind of they have so many different hands that are moving and other hands slap other hands. So you you almost get a sense that there's something going on in the background uh, where there could be potential of like just anything really. Uh, you look at the Xperia Play when it came out, they wanted to name it PlayStation Phone, but they wouldn't allow that. So it's like all of this like weird stuff that's happening inside the inter-bureaucratic uh, type of just stuff that's going on that we aren't really privy to. Um, mm-hmm. So ultimately, I think, yes, they do need to do a better job with advertising on, on PC, but I still think it's a like a nascent thing for them, and they're just still trying to navigate that. And I, I'm super hap- happy about it because I would rather, much rather buy on PC because I know that once my PS5 eventually fades away, I'll still have the PC version that plays on PC. Um, so the compatibility future look is just so much better, especially now that so many different handles are coming out there. It, the versatility and everything else about having it on PC means that I'll just wait. Uh, I have no problem waiting. Yeah. You know, you bring up, um, forward compatibility and that's a huge thing. That's the, that's the biggest advantage that uh, PC has over everything else is that forward compatibility is guaranteed. So I think that that's a really good topic for another day to talk about forward compatibility because when we look at transitioning from the PS4 to the PS5 or the Xbox uh, One to the Xbox Series, like there's a little bit of backwards compatibility there, and it feels like it feels like they're they're saying this is going to be the new normal forward compatibility or backward compatibility, whatever. Um, I just wonder if it's if it's actually going to work that way or not. And only time will tell. But that's that's kind of a big topic for another day. So I don't want to get too far into it. Um, I did just run a poll during the during the live chat 
to just to see what everybody thought. Uh, I said, will you play Sony's PC three PC ports three years after uh, PlayStation release? 68% uh, said yes, and 31% said no. So it looks like Jim Ryan and uh, the, the folks over at Sony, uh, you know, they probably have it figured out. And uh, uh, we'll probably see those things in two to three years. Uh, let's move on to the next topic, which is uh, about um, Valve getting sued uh, by this company called the Immersion Corporation. And I'm going to set it up real quick, but basically... Um, they, Valve has violated seven patents that are owned by the Immersion Corporation, and they're all something to do with touch interface or haptics. And this is the same company who, when they tried to sue Microsoft, Microsoft said, I will buy 10% of your shares in order to, for you to leave us alone. So that was a, a success from them. Um, they're the same company that sued Sony, and Sony said, we are going to court, and apparently Sony lost that battle uh, for uh, this, uh, you know, for whatever it was. And then it ended up that they ended up having to put out the the uh, PlayStation 3 controller without Rumble uh, because of that. Um, so now they're coming after Valve and Valve's Steam Deck and Valve's, uh, what's the headset called? VR, index. Uh, the index. Index, thank you. And the index. And, uh, oh boy, I don't think it's looking too good for Valve. Like, these guys have success behind them when it comes to these lawsuits. Um, Rich, you look like you got something to say. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the success there is that there's also just too much risk in taking it to court. Like, if they, if they lose, it's not just that the license fee increases, it's that now they, now there's precedence right for for this they, they can never kind of relitigate this if if they lose so i think i think that's why companies have been so eager to either settle or to like you said <laughs> buy a part of their company real um, quick i so, want to interrupt because jasper says something in chat that's very important they have allegedly yeah. violated the patents and yes Correct. I am not saying that they did. I'm not a lawyer. I made a video about this, and I said I'm not a lawyer. I don't know any of this Jack, uh, this this uh, nonsense. Uh, but Jasper is right, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Go ahead, Rich. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so I think that's why we've seen these other companies have so much uh, – or these other companies – or rather immersion have so much success with these other companies. And I, I do think that's what we'll see here, but you know, I'm also just going based on what I've seen from other people. I, I don't know if valve intends to fight back um, and what that would look like. Um, but you know, I think the other question that's come out of this that you discussed in your video is whether or not this results in a price hike. So that's an interesting angle to look at this from too. Yeah. I, so I made a video and I talked about the idea that maybe valve could use this as a reason to raise the price of the Steam Deck. I arbitrarily shouted out a number. It doesn't matter what number it was, but I was like, maybe they could raise the price of the Steam Deck to get out of that painful zone uh, because the ROG Ally is $200 more expensive than the cheapest uh, Steam Deck. And so they, they have a little wiggle room there. I don't know if that's something that could happen, If if that's something... That makes sense financially. I'm not a CEO of a giant corporation, so uh, I'm going to defer to their judgment on that. It was just a hypothetical that I shouted out, and a lot of people got really mad at me 
And they're like, we don't want the Steam Deck to be more expensive. And I was like, I don't want the Steam Deck to be more expensive. <laughs> I was just saying it's maybe something that they that they could do. It doesn't mean that I'm asking them to do it. Anyway, people got mad at me. And then some people said that my channel is only for PC talk or something. I don't know. People are weird. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think about this, man? Um, I mean, I have read a little bit about the previous rulings uh, or the previous ruling in uh, the Sony's case. And... Um, I, I don't want to say how I think it'll turn out in general, but I do think that the patents themselves are ridiculous, to say the least. Um, I mean, one of them basically patents the entire concept of vibration, so they better be billing every atom in the universe. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, why why the patent office even granted that, especially for a company which doesn't actually manufacture anything. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that uh, it will go super well for Valve just because the patent has been granted. But I think the patent should probably be reevaluated. Yeah, I, I agree that it should be reevaluated. Um, do you think that there's like the, Valve has run into issues where with lawsuits before and that's. I, I posit that that's why the Steam controller has vanished uh, because they got sued and lost. Although I guess that's going through relitigation through uh, what's it called when they go when they do it again appeal appeal. appeal so they're yeah. like doing appeals or whatever. And I guess Valve won on appeal, so then it gets reappealed again. Uh, Carrie, what are your thoughts on this story? Uh, I'm in agreement with everyone else. I don't think anyone okay. is like yeah. Good for immersion. <laughs> they deserve it. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 funny because when I saw when I had the preview uh, build of the Steam Deck, um, the haptics rumble emulation wasn't fully in, so every rumble thing was just this massive haptic. It was like it was. It felt truly awful. But I mean, I was just like, okay, I know this is going to get fixed because this can't ship like this. Um, but um, yeah, going along those lines, when I was thinking, about it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. They use the haptics to emulate rumble. This is probably to get around immersion. That's pretty clever. Good for them. And then I saw this lawsuit and I was like, oh, come on. They did all of that and didn't have good rumble. Like if you were going to if this was going to happen anyway, just put better rumble motors in the Steam Deck because rumble isn't great on the Steam Deck as it is. It's OK. It's passable. You put your thumbs on the touch pads and you'll just like absorb all of the rumble there is. Um so it, I, I feel like there's a bit of defeat uh, there with this whole thing going through because we could have just got better rumble to begin with, potentially, right? Like, I don't think the price would have gone up that much more if they put in different types of rumble motors in there mm -hmm. as opposed to just leveraging just the single haptics engine to do it. So I feel like there's a bit of defeat in there, and I thought Valve was clever, and they got around this. Um, yeah, so I mean... I don't know. I really like Rumble. Uh, it's it's satisfying when it's done well, but when you have really good Rumble, it matters more. Um, the Haptic Engine actually does do it in some regards really well, like as a trackball, like when you're using the touchpad. That's fantastic. And yeah, when you when you uh, like an arcade trackball, right? Like when you used to ro uh, roll it, it feels like that on my thumb, and I was just like, I super love that. So that's an avenue where I think it's absolutely fantastic on the Steam Deck. But uh, yeah, along those things, it's it's, it's pretty. I'm, I'm I'm like gutted about the whole thing, uh, to be to be clear. And uh, yeah, it was with the six axis before. Uh, that's when Sony said uh, Rumble is last generation. Because if Rumble, Rumble's last gen, <laughs> that's dumb. It's no and good. then they were we like, don't need yeah. it anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then they had the DualShock Three, and they said, "Oh, it's actually good. We we got this." <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, I worry that uh, this is going to be bigger than just like, oh, uh, they got to pay us for every Steam Deck that gets sold or every index that gets sold. Because this quote from the uh, Eric Singer, the chairman and CEO of Immersion, here's what they said. While we are pleased to see that Valve recognizes the value of haptics and has adopted our haptic technology to its handheld video game system and AR slash VR systems as part of its effort to generate revenue streams through the sale of hardware, games, and other virtual assets and advertisements, it feels like they want to go after Valve not just for hardware, but because they're selling games that use the... Like they are selling a game that uses Rumble in the Steam Deck. And so they're like, we can get you for that too. Give me some extra money. Uh, and yes. just the way that they phrased it seemed so nefarious. I actually read that part of the uh, of the litigation. And it does seem like they're going for anything that can utilize the Steam Decks or Index's haptic functions. Even third-party games. Again, not a lawyer, but that sounds like they are trying to posture so that Valve comes to the table for settling. Mm -hmm. Like that that doesn't yeah. seem like they would really reasonably try to argue that in court. Well, people have done less reasonable things in court and one in the past, so only time will tell. The question is for all of you, what do you guys think? Is this going to happen? Are they going to win? Is Valve going to back down? Let us know in the comments down below uh, what your thoughts are. Um, I have not actually read this topic that somebody had posted. I don't think I did anyway. Somebody posted this in, in, the, uh, in the show notes, and I was like, ooh, that's interesting. But I haven't had a chance to read it. So uh, this is the Call of Duty is taking the wrong page out of Nintendo's book, and it's just coming to us from GameRant.com. Uh, that was you, Rich, that put that in the show notes? Yeah, that was Tell me. us all got... about this, man. All right, so Activision is shutting down Call of Duty mods. Um, specifically, these are X-Labs mods and SM2. So X-Labs is a development team that created like several uh, Call of Duty clients like IW4X, which is a client for the original Modern Warfare 2. And these custom clients were created partially because Activision is no longer supporting their game, right? So their, their Modern Warfare 2 servers, their Black Ops 3 servers have been compromised for a long time. Hackers have been able to do things like kick you out of games, um, mess with your DLC, mess with your, basically crash your game. Even on console, they've been able to do these things. So in order for people to still be able to enjoy classic Call of Duty games, they have to use these basically mods, right? These custom-made clients. SM2 takes one of those custom-made clients and basically builds on top of that to make a dream Call of Duty that is a mashup between different titles. So that's where you get even a little more into what could be allegedly considered copyright infringement. So Activision issued a cease and desist order to both of these, and there are other mods that may or may not be affected in the future, but they issued a cease and desist, and so now you can't even go to these sites. Their their sites are gone, um, so you can no longer use these. And it just feels like another step in um, attacking mods. And it, one more thing, in fact, is that I saw a video from Moon Channel, which some of my viewers recommended to me. Um, Moon Channel goes over why Nintendo took down Point Crow's video, and the point is that that or 
multiple videos, right? But the point is that the Breath of the Wild multiplayer mod is an example, according to this lawyer, of copyright infringement. And so it does seem like there's legal precedent to stand on. And yeah, it, again, it's just a little discouraging to see mods being taken down. Well, that's not actually legal precedent because nobody went to court in the Point Crow thing. Um, if they did go to court, they'd probably lose. But I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so who knows? But uh, I just find this to be... I mean, if Activision refuses to support their game and then people are like, that's fine, we'll do it for you. And then Activision's like, no, buy the new one. Exactly. Oh, that's so friggin' scummy. Yeah. Carrie, how scummy is it on a scale of one to ten? That's that's pretty scummy. That's like a <laughs> that's on a yeah, scale out of one to Nintendo, right? Though uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's you never go full Nintendo, but yeah, they, they definitely they did. Uh that's pretty bad. Uh I have I mean the only thing that I can think of in my head, like I always like have some weird pattern recognition thing that I'm always wrong on. Um and the only thing I could think of is like perhaps uh, because of the um, ABK deal that that's might be closing uh, and having all of those old games come back into Game Pass, uh, you're going to see a bigger increase of player base come back to those older games and they need to funnel them back into those silos, right? So that people can still play in, in those multiplayer lobbies. But they need to patch it up at least because from what I read, I just took a cursory glance, but apparently there's like, you know, personal information that these people could like just dip into on, on if you're playing on the, on these games. So, um, so anything else that's on your account, your account info, they can actually get. So I have, this is just a cursory thing that I read. So there's things that are security related that I think Activision needs to patch if they're not going to allow, allow this. But I mean, as uh, my son had been playing um, even Modern Warfare 4 uh, online on, on the 360 that I had not too long ago, and that was working just fine. Uh, so I get it. I get the security concerns of it, but if they if they at least patch that side up and make sure that at least cheating and this security vulnerability is addressed in some manner, then fine. But if they're not even doing that, then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I can't. I have, not, I, have, I have nothing to add other than I, I would have done it myself, and I, I think it's a poor choice. Yeah, we have a, a friend of the show, uh, Damn It Jeff, who's got an awesome YouTube channel. He he did this entire video. <laughs> I ended up watching the whole thing. It was fascinating about how to mod your original Xbox in order to have a, a fake version of Xbox Live. I don't have an original Xbox. I still watch the whole video. You guys should definitely check it out if you haven't. I, I worry like videos like that could get like Microsoft could come after videos like that where they're like, there's exactly. no like there's no way that they're gonna support it. There's no oh, way they're, they're gonna yeah. support it. It's not profitable. They already they already discontinued old Xbox Live. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So yeah, the, it's called Insignia. Insignia is the new Xbox Live that is a third party Xbox Live and you can set that up. Um it's really cool. Um I hope that doesn't get smushed because that would stink. Do you think it's going to get uh, smushed there, Kyle? Uh, to use Carrie's word, smushed. I like that word. Um, I mean, at this rate, probably. Uh, for the longest time, you could only really file on copyright infringement if you redistributed code, um, which, to my knowledge, none of these mods do. None of the, I don't even think the Breath of the Wild uh, multiplayer mod did. But I think these companies are just learning that 
people don't have the money to fight them in court, so they can just slap them and people will comply. Um, And it's really a shame, especially for game preservation purposes and using old hardware instead of just upselling to the next thing. So I do want to add that there is, um, I didn't get to kind of follow up on what I was saying. I forgot that there was, no, no, it's fine. There is some precedent here. I haven't digged into it, but the, the YouTuber Moon Channel mentioned a Duke Nukem case. He mentioned a Duke Nukem case and a Game Genie case. And so Duke Nukem, they, they somehow lost in term, no wait, they, they won, meaning that a mod to Duke Nukem was somehow not allowed. I need to look into that. So it, I think it's MicroStar versus FormGen. Um, but then the Game Genie one was allowed. So Game Genie's okay, but for some reason mods to Duke Nukem are not. Um, so that's what the Moon Channel uh, channel was referencing. Moon yeah, Channel I is the name the, of the channel? Correct, yes. Okay, okay. Moon <laughs> yeah. Channel, just call your they, channel Moon. It's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and they are a lawyer, so. Oh, okay. They, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, if I I haven't read those cases in a while, but I'm pretty sure it's about it's about redistribution of assets. Um, that's usually what they Got historically it. were, at least. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. All right. Well, question is for you guys. What do you guys think about this? Let us know in the comments. Let's uh, move on and talk about a game that I was really excited for. I was really really excited for because I I'm not a super competitive gamer. Like I'm really chill and relaxed and my favorite type of of gameplay is cooperative PvE. Um think World of Warcraft, uh games like uh EverQuest or uh, like MMOs where you get together with a group of friends and you go up against NPCs and defeat them because I don't have enough hours to play in the day to get to, to get good, as the kids say, uh, because every time I play a game that's online, I just get I just get smacked down hard, like like lawyers coming after me, smacked down hard. And so, one of my favorite shooters of all time, my actually my favorite multiplayer shooter of all time was Overwatch. And then when when Blizzard announced that they were bringing Overwatch two. Uh, and it was going to have PVE mode where it was going to be, you know, you and five friends go into a quote unquote dungeon and go up against boss battles and stuff like that. I was like, oh, hell yes. Like that is right up my alley. Well, it is not going to happen anymore. Overwatch 2 has already come out. Uh, it's replaced Overwatch 1. And I've played it a bunch and I really do like it. Uh, but I was really looking forward to these uh, hero missions in PVE mode where you could like play as Soldier 76 and go in and do the Soldier 76 missions and then play as, I don't know, Mercy and do the Mercy missions or whatever. And then play your characters and have like talent trees the, the of the stats that you pick and then basically go into dungeons and and play against not... Uh, not other people, but but against bots and stuff. And apparently they're not doing this because it's just too hard for them to run a live service game and develop the um, the, the the PVE modes at the same time. Uh, this is uh, something that I was really looking forward to, and now it's gone. Carrie, is are, are, were you ever interested in playing this this these modes? Oh yeah, I mean. <clears throat> there is a, a segment of like 
things that are inherently PvP or uh, PvE and not having the mix and match of, of both of them, there is a big fascination to me about that, and I really like the balancing effort towards that and the the progression in so far, not as, as com- cosmetics, but things that you think of like Diablo, right? You're getting loot and stuff that is mm-hmm. upgrading your character. I love that type of stuff. So having that twist inside of Overwatch would have been really, really cool. Um it's unfortunate. I didn't even know that that was coming along, uh, but I, that would have been something that I would have played because I am not really that interested in Overwatch uh, as it is, just because I don't have the time to invest to really like understand the entire the entirety of it, right? Like we were talking about metagames previously, understanding the the meta of how everything is is going and and trying to understand the the quote unquote correct way to play uh, these multiplayer games as as they progress. So I would have far more enjoyed something that would have been a little bit more relaxed in that thing is because it would have been almost an open slate of like you're entering into a thing that everyone is kind of at the same level as you, so to speak. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm pretty bummed that that's not happening. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, originally they said hero missions were supposed to be presented as this always available, always replayable modes that you could go into, even if you weren't playing with other people. Which means that Overwatch Two would have a life after the servers got sh- get shut down, which will eventually happen. Like someday, Blizzard's going to say, "All right, there's not enough people playing this game anymore." Uh, we're going to save X number of dollars by shutting off the servers. So let's shut off the servers. And that game is going to vanish. We'll, we'll talk about games that have vanished recently in a little bit. Um, it, Jared Ness, uh, Nias, I don't know how to say his name. Jared Nias, who is the executive producer, he said, with everything we've learned about what it takes to operate this game, it's clear that we can't deliver on that original vision for PVE that was shown in 2019. Kyle, what do you think, man? Is, do you care about Overwatch, or are you somebody who just likes the single-player games? Would this have pulled you into Overwatch otherwise? Um, I'm usually not into competitive shooters. Uh, Overwatch was the one that I would sometimes boot up, so I was very, very excited for the uh, PVE. I really like Destiny. Um and my tinfoil hat says that the they were planning on making the PVE using some of Bungie's team when they were under the same umbrella. And they are the ones who did all the balancing and the mock-up and everything. And once they left, they no longer had the proficiency to do it. So they tried it for a few years and just couldn't get it to work. And I think that's probably why they canned it. That, that makes a lot of sense. And it... it it brings me to what I was going to say, which is like, sometimes as a company, you have to take the loss, right? Like a lot of, we're seeing more and more than the companies are just not willing to take the L. They're not willing to go in red like this. Once you're not able to do this, this is no longer Overwatch 2, at least not in the current state that it is. And you kind of have to take the L and say, it's not Overwatch 2. We're we're canceling those plans. We're not going to charge $60 or whatever it is. It's for- free. Overwatch 2 is free. They're just It's just a title change. It's just a title change. Yeah. I don't know why they decided to change Even, the title, but th- th- it's a title change, and it went from six players to five players per team, and that's Even pretty worse. much the only change. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it works. There's it no in, yeah. reason. There's no monetary <laughs> reason to call it Overwatch Two. Just we scrapped it. We're we're going back to focusing on here's why. And when we're able to do uh, a better PVE, we're going to come back and revisit that. And you know, be honest, but like also kind of admit that you failed. Right? We're companies are going to fail at projects and initiatives sometimes, and you kind mm -hmm. of just have to say that and and be clear about that. Um, I think I think that makes sense. That theory that like. Bungie's team was working on this and they were the right team to work on it and you know it fell through it didn't work out yeah this makes me super sad but you know I, I still really do enjoy Overwatch 2 I think it's a really fun shooter and it's you know it's it's a great game to just sit down and shut your brain off and shoot at some some you know some people on the other side uh of the uh, of the objective uh, but I don't know if it makes me as sad as this next one, which is like Nintendo has all of these really weird battle royale games that they have. Uh, they started out with Mario 35, which was universally praised. Everybody was like, this is freaking great. And then they were like, oh, by the way, you can only play it until like March or whatever. And then we're shutting it down. What? That was so weird. It was a really weird decision by Nintendo. And they also have Tetris 99, which is absolutely fantastic. If you've ever played Tetris 99, it is really, really good. It's locked behind Nintendo Switch Online. So if you don't have that, you can only, you, like, you can't play it. Um, but it's really, really good. And then there's Pac Man 99. Uh, Bandai Namco tried a couple of different Pac-Man Battle Royales. I played the one that was on Stadia. That one was fantastic, really good, but there was not enough people playing it, and so it kind of died off really fast, and then Stadia eventually died too. Uh, but Pac-Man 99 on the Nintendo Switch using uh, Nintendo Switch Online, which you didn't have to buy this game. It's just you just play it uh, if you have the thing, is getting shut down. And it was really, really fun. Essentially, you played against 99 other Pac-Mans. And as you uh, like ate the power pellets and ate the ghosts, you would send ghosts to the other Pac-Mans uh, who would then, if they got like killed, then they would be out. And you just played until there was only one Pac-Man left. I adored this game. It was so fun. And now it's shut down. It's the second uh, Pac-Man Battle Royale to get shut down. I know everybody hates Battle Royales. I like them. I think that they're fun, uh, especially the weird ones like this. Um, Kyle, did you ever get a chance to play Pac-Man 99? I did not, no, but it looks fun. It is, and you only have until August 10th to check it out, so you should. What about you, Rich? Same deal. I, I, I think we knew early on, if I remember correctly, that Mario 35 was like a limited time deal. We did. Right. Yeah. And so I think that turned me off immediately. Right. Like I didn't want to get into something knowing that it was going to go away. And that just perception kind of carried on to the other one. So I, I never tried Tetris 99. I never tried Pac-Man 99. It looks great, but I didn't want to get into it. And then it disappears a year from now. And what about you, you Carrie? Are you going to try this out before it's gone? Oh, no, I've already, yeah, so I already played it. I've been a big fan of all of these types of things. And Tetris 99 and Pac-Man 99 have the same type of DNA where you can kind of see the other players on, on your the border of your play field. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, like, a good sense of where things are going. And you have some kind of directionality of how you want to send ghosts to, where, to, to either the top, the best player, or to spread it out. So you actually have some 
decision-making skills that you can while you're in the mix of everything. And it's a lot of fun. So seeing it go away is crappy. Uh, it's, it's not great. Uh, it's the same thing as like one versus 100 when uh, Xbox had one versus 100, which is just a trivia game. But that was a lot of fun. And they just got that rid was of a good it. One. Yeah. So I, I don't know. There seems to be some general curse around anything that has this battle Royale of like 99 or a hundred uh, that eventually they'll just go away and they're ephemeral, eph, eph, ephemeral, eph- ephemeral. There you go. Ephemeral, yeah. uh, um, in nature. Right. So it's like, you better be alive when that happened to enjoy it and nothing more. Yeah. Kyle mentioned this earlier. He talked about game preservation. Like this is a game that is going to be lost forever. It's gone. Like a- after August 10th, this game will not exist. Just like Pac-Man mega tunnel, Battle, I think, is the name of the other Battle Royale that they had. It was like uh, 35 other Pac-Mans or whatever. Uh, that one's gone. Uh, Mario 35 is gone. We live in this world where games are getting shut down left and right. And they're like, I remember getting, I remember getting refunds for Marvel Heroes. Like when when Disney bought Marvel and they shut down the Diablo clone uh, featuring Marvel characters, I got a Mm. refund. Nobody's talking about whether or not people who spent money on playing dress up in these games are getting their money back. You know what I mean? What what do you think about that, Kyle? Do you think people are going to get refunds or is is Nintendo and Bandai going to say to you? There is no way they're getting a refund at all. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> you never None. go I mean, full Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I mean Nintendo is it, Nintendo is uh, stingy with their refunds for the games that you buy from their eShop that like that are their games and you play for less than an hour. There's no way they're going to give you a refund for a cosmetic in some yeah. arbitrary battle royale. Yeah, Jason Will in chat says uh, it had paid, paid DLC too, right? It did. And I guess you can also like play it offline against bots, but that is not the same experience. Like that's terrible. When he, nobody would actually want to actually play it offline against bots. That's just a goofy, goofy thing. All right, we've been we've been talking about things that are making me really, really sad. So let's talk about something that I am hyped for, and that is that System Shock remake has gone gold. I am really excited for this because I have never played the original System Shock. I think I have wow. System Shock 2 on Steam. And I like I loaded it up and I was like, boy, it doesn't look very good. I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait for the for the new new hotness. Because I believe when System Shock originally came out, I was obsessed with some other game at the time, either Ultima Online or uh everquest or something like that because those games are my jam and i feel like i missed out on some really really good ones but system shock 2 is now gone gold uh the tweet says on behalf of night dive studios team and all of our partners thank you to the fans for supporting us throughout the game's development we can't wait to get it in your hands on may 30th which is just seven days away i still have barely scratched the surface of zelda and i have diablo 4 (laughs) breathing down my friggin neck final fantasy Final Fantasy's coming. This is going to be like the greatest couple of months of gaming ever. Uh, Rich, you just jumped in. Talk talk about this. Are you hyped for System Shock Remake? 
I am extremely hyped. So I also never played System Shock. I, in 1994, when this was released, I was not a PC gamer at all. I was full Super Nintendo, PlayStation, whatever it was, okay. whatever console was around that time. Um, and by the time I got into PC gaming, even though I would look at retro games, um, System Shock already had a reputation of being one of the less accessible retro games. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll try other stuff like uh, Thief and Deus Ex and come back to this one. Um, but I did play the demo for System Shock, the, the Night Dive demo, um, and it was great. And just in general, I love everything Night Dive does, right? So they've remade Quake or helped remake Quake. They've uh, helped remake Doom 64 and just all of their... Oh, what, was, what was the other one? Um, uh, the one that takes place in like Egyptian sort of setting, Power Slave. Power Slave Exhumed. I've never heard of that. That's, that's another good one. Yep. So... <clears throat> They have a great reputation. I like everything they do, so I'm ready to jump into this as soon as it comes out. Uh, what about you, Kyle? You uh, you getting in? You you going to head up to the space station or the Citadel station on May 30th and face Shodan? I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just on a tweet. <laughs> Is that what's going to happen? Uh, probably not on May 30th. I'll still be playing Tears, but I am going to get it. Um, I wasn't uh, sentient really whenever the fir- whenever it came out the first time. I was still in diapers, um, <laughs> but I played a bunch of System Shock too a couple of years later. Um, I was I was more of a Deus Ex kid, but the System Shock two was a good time. So I'm definitely excited to play the origin of the series. What about you, Carrie? Did you play the original back in the day? I did indeed. Uh, I, I was actually looking it up when I was looking up the release date. I was like, when did I have that? Because I don't know if I had a Packard Bell or uh, a Gateway 2000 um, uh, at the time. You because brought I, me back. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to remember like what, what machine I had because I can remember the room, the living room that it was in. And I remember playing System Shock and being absolutely frightened out of my mind uh, playing this game. I was uh, 12 or 13 at the time. Uh, and I was absolutely just like petrified. I remember I didn't get very far into it. I think I only put like a few hours into it, but the atmosphere of it, uh, and playing on my computer was just, it was, it was pretty big for me. Um, so yeah, I, I have fond memories of it, even though I only had like played it for a bit, but I very much, I really enjoyed it. So when I see some new stuff about it, it just, it brings back, I have those flashback moments for myself and I'm looking forward to jumping into it with where I am now. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I'm looking forward to it. I just, I'm worried I won't be able to fit it in. You know, I think it was Kyle that said earlier, he's like, my backlog is huge. Everybody has these massive backlogs, logs of games that we, it's just so hard to get through. And then we just had Zelda, which is going to be multi hundred hours for me easily. Diablo 4, which I will play for years because I love the Diablo games, uh, plus uh, Final Fantasy, which has like, I think they said it's like 30 hours of just cutscenes. That's just the cutscenes for crying out loud. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have time to play this, and I, I really, really want to check it out because it feels like I missed out on something uh, really awesome. Ian Walters in chat says my first PC was a Packard nice. Bell 46 SX. Uh, I remember I had a, the first time that I recorded something for a podcast, uh, was back, uh, when I was watching the all games network and they had me do Arcatan's arcade, which is where I would talk about, uh, or not Arcatan's arcade RPG news. 
uh, with Arcatan. That was my old handle. And I recorded it on a Packard Bell microphone. You remember the long, skinny microphone that had like yeah. that bend in it? That's what I recorded yeah. my first thing on uh, a long friggin' time ago. Uh, oh, man. Just so many memories. All right, guys, we have covered a lot today in uh, today's episode. So make sure that you uh, leave a like and a comment and all of those things that you do on YouTube. Kyle, tell us about your latest video or your next video. What's happening with you? Uh, my latest video was posted over the weekend, and it is a first look like it's like a 20 minute video about the One uh, X Player 2 and comparing it against the Steam Deck a little bit. Awesome. Speaking of comparing things to the Steam Deck, uh, Carrie, you just put out a video, uh, your review of the Asus ROG Ally, right? When did that go? That went out this morning at 10 a.m. Got pushed back a little bit. I worked on it over the weekend. Just wanted to like fully like dive into it. I've done performance reviews previously, which is just basically objective measure- measurements. So I wasn't really doing much other than setting off stuff and, and collecting data. Uh, but I used it for a, a uh, basically a week uh, to get really into it. And yeah, that's that's what it is. My full review, uh, kind of a cohesive look at the ally and where it stands amongst the other handouts right now. Awesome. And Rich, what's your latest video or your next? Yep. Yeah, so I had a deck news roundup. I went over a few things like the deck HD mod. We didn't talk about that here, but I think each of us have had our thoughts on that in public. Um, the I talked about the, the new Steam Deck ad. So yeah, it's just another deck news roundup. You can check it out. Um, and I just want to say before we before we leave, you never go full Nintendo. That's <laughs> just, just typing it in chat. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I think that that's the way that we'll end the show today. Uh, everybody, remember: never ever go full Nintendo. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. Bye, guys.